Hi folks, welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories with the use of GM-less tabletop games, where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at FTLcast. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash FTLcast. Today we're playing Kubrick, a post-adaption game by Ben Auden Roswell. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. You've been asked to adapt a text to a brand new format to elevate it beyond what it once was, and so your collaborators gather at a table, literal or metaphorical, and you begin to talk. You ask each other questions, what ifs and whos and whys, and with confidence you raise your voice to answer. You do not worry about original intent. You toss fidelity out the window. Instead, you take on the role of authors, designers, cinematographers, actors, and auteurs. You have arrested control of narrative you once observed, and you intend to do what you wish with it. After all, in order to adapt, you must be willing to commit betrayal. I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at SAKalo, and I don't have anything else to plug today. And my pronouns are he, him. Playing with me today, we have... Uh, I'm Ben Roswell. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and you can find this game and other games I've written at roswellians.itch.io, and follow me on Twitter at Roswell Writes. I forgot my Twitter handle for 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you're valid hello i'm zachary frederickson my pronouns are he him and you can find me on twitter at obfuscating god uh it is a testament to my hubris <laughs> congratulations on homestuck too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my old tester chum handle don't put that in the episode um, <laughs> this absolutely has to go in the episode <laughs> Don't cut that out. <laughs> Homestuck 2. God. Homestuck 2, the sequel to I, Homestuck. The Homestuckening. I saw a post once that Hussey truly doesn't know how to end a story, and nothing is more true than that. It's true. <laughs> Problem Sleuth was a fluke, and he will never stop writing. Yep. I have no um, idea what any of those words mean. <laughs> I mean, he's not really writing Homestuck 2, so... He isn't, he's, no. He's, out, he's outlining it, yeah, apparently. You know, it's a it's a cultural tour de force, you know. Yeah, yes, I staffed yep. at AX during the peak of its years. Oh my it god, was, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> oh, the halcyon days of 2012. <laughs> Really, we brought this to pass because we brought we started a trans only uh, homestuck reread group, oh and then uh, three weeks You're later, just the, summoning circle. <laughs> three weeks, three weeks later, there was homestuck too. <laughs> All, right, All right, before we get too far, my name's Mab. You can find me on Twitter at Little Lady Mab, and elsewhere, there's links around. Take your poison. Uh, you, my pronouns are she/her. Let's. Now we can go. Now we can go, for real. Off to the races. Our lines, things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence, or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, magically perfect gender transition, or magically perfect disability solving. Our veils, things we're fine with addressing but we'll just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Uh, now that we've got all that, let's get started. And, and then the theme music goes. Yeah. <laughs> I like how both of us were like, and that's when the intro goes on. And then I started dancing, but you couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Dice rolls. Dice rolls. Cards shuffle. Our intro music is good. Hell yeah. We should do a gospel version. No, I'm just kidding. 
you wanted to talk about your game yeah yes, please tell us about your game so we're gonna be playing kubrick which is named after stanley kubrick which i think i might be the only person in the world who's like yes let's just naming something i was on my bullshit when i wrote this game <laughs> it's a very it's a very snazzily uh designed pdf <laughs> yeah i'm i'm quite proud of the pdf design on this one tbh um it is extremely snazzy <laughs> Yeah, so specifically, the reason that this is named Kubrick is because it is based on the adaptation style of Stanley Kubrick. It may not seem obvious, but Stanley Kubrick's movies were only ever based on books. He never he never produced a non-adapted movie. And so the way that he would adapt things is that the script was never set. He would write a script, but it would change day to day on the movie set but his first step was always inviting people whose like brains he admired out to his house to talk through a script in a sort of like semi-socratic seminar sort of way and then that those like people would accompany him all the way through the filming of the movie so that he was always having conversations about textual meaning and what he could bring to a text even as he was filming scene after scene after scene most of the shining was written and rewritten on set uh with the help of a couple of english professors and um he's pretty famous for having high like for wanting to take text that he feels he can elevate and in in almost every case he ended up producing what we come to think of as the definitive idea of that text like the shining Barry Lyndon, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey. Like, all of those were books first, but... We don't think of the book when we think of them, we think of his movie. Exactly. You think of Jack Nicholson with an axe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, A Clockwork Orange, too. Like, he developed that really definitive, like, imagery. And he developed all the language for Clockwork Orange and stuff, the movie. Mm -hmm. So I wanted, to, I wanted to write a game that encourages people to do the same thing with text in our world so it's uh in this game we're gonna come and we're gonna sit around we're gonna sit and we're gonna like talk through and redesign and hopefully make a better version of a text that we all know and i use this game uses the word text really liberally <laughs> as a as a sort of word to stand in for any source material so that's that's sort of like the like background and history of this game. Uh, the way it plays is basically just talking. There's a bunch of questions we have to ask each other as we get set up, and then Mab has made a wonderful like walkthrough of our story's plot. And as we walk through it, some of us will take on the roles of characters and we'll ask each other questions until we feel like we've told a good story. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! 
Does uh, maybe somebody else want to talk about what story we're talking about today? I've got it. <laughs> no, I was going to sing the song. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then I got nervous. Uh, so never mind. I don't remember how the first song goes. No, it wasn't going to be that song. It was going to be the, the character song. The characters? There's a lot of characters. Does it go the distance? Zero to hero? No, 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 you know. I can go my way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, go the distance. I was right. I was, uh. I, I was suddenly very nervous about my ability to hit those notes at 11 a.m. Uh, <laughs> oh, a mood. Oh, yeah. So valid. Uh, so, yeah, there's probably a better way to, to say that we're doing Hercules. Disney's 19, was it 1995 smash hit Hercules? 1997. Seven. Oh, damn. I wait. When did 1997 did this come out? Uh, this came out on June 15th at the New Amsterdam Theater, and June 27th for the rest of the United States. Damn! So it's not. I was gonna be like, oh, maybe it was released the same month I was born, but no, it's older than me. Oh my god, a baby! It is just a little. I was four years old when this came out. I was one year old when this came out because I was born in '96. Actually, I was three because I it, it had it, it had not yet hit hit uh, July, which is when I was born. Ah, I was like I was just one year old because I was born in June. I feel so old. <laughs> All right, I'm warmed up now. Let's All right, talk about let's do Disney's it. Hercules, the 1997. American animated musical fantasy comedy film. It's a lot of (laughs) adjectives. That's what Wikipedia says. The 35th Disney animated feature film. The 8th animated film produced by the Disney Renaissance. Uh, Directed by Ron Clements and uh, John Musker. Loosely based on the legendary hero Heracles. Known in the film by his Roman name Hercules. The son of of Zeus in Greek mythology. The son of Greek. (laughs) It actually, the development of Hercules started in 1992 following a pitch adaptation of the Heracles mythological stories by animator Joe Halder. Meanwhile, Ron Clements and John Musker redeveloped their idea for Treasure Planet following the critical and commercial success of Aladdin. I can just keep reading Wikipedia, but I should probably stop. You know, I was going to suggest we should do Treasure Planet, but I didn't. <laughs> Treasure Planet slaps. It's been too long since I've seen Treasure Planet to, like, remember what yeah. happened and I've seen Hercules like six dozen times I, I I have them as downloads I could have uploaded them for you <laughs> I also own the DVD I didn't manage to rewatch Hercules before we started this I wouldn't have watched Treasure Planet either <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, we should we'll talk about well let's get talking about our feelings about Hercules yeah uh, I remember liking it it's a good movie am I the only one who rewatched it I no, I watched it like two weeks ago for some unrelated reason. So that <laughs> um, counts. I watched it. I watched it a dozen times as a kid. Same, yeah. I own it on DVD. <laughs> I own it on uh, not DVD. I own it on VHS tape. Oh boy, you win. <laughs> um, I don't have a way to watch it on VHS, but I do own it. <laughs> it's in the basement in a box somewhere. Um, yeah, so what is step one, aside from my beautiful rambling outline that takes up, like, three fucking pages? 
<laughs> so um the first thing we do in kubrick is uh it's called the in the text it's called setting a baseline the idea is that like we've all watched this story watched this movie at different points in time and have different feelings on it and so we are just going to set out a couple of like goals for our adaptation and talk about what we feel like hercules has to have in order to still be hercules because even though this is an adaptation we're probably going to go wildly off track <laughs> Mm-hmm. we still like we're gonna make it about lesbians immediately right like <laughs> oh yeah weren't they in the first uh that but lesbians zine oh fucking probably probably i hope so listen everyone in ancient greece was gay and if they say otherwise they're lying to you <laughs> yep um so <laughs> this game comes with a, a list of questions the first two are what is the what is the plot of the source text and who are the characters in this text? Uh, we're going to skip that today because this is a podcast and Mab has wonderfully made us a plot diagram that we can use. But then the next question is, uh, what feelings does this work evoke? What strikes you as the tone? Each collaborator should add at least two feelings or tone words to the list. So this is like, okay what's the what do we like about the tone of her <laughs> it's helpful it's fun it's, it's also fun. fun it's it's uh okay so it's um it is helpful all right i'm adding it to the end of the doc i love hopeful as hopeful yeah it, it's it's rollicking fun and rollicking oh. uh i love the how satirical it is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely like like this is a it's such a weird movie because Hades is a is a car salesman and Hercules <laughs> is is all is like gets like Hercules is a himbo. <laughs> Hercules is a himbo. He gets merch. He's he goes from twink to himbo just mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. I do it, I think it's interesting that it that despite him becoming like a like a huge financial and, and commercial and critical success, it's it's more about his his you know, it's like not about the merchandise, man. It's about the music. <laughs> like it has always been about like him. He's like, I've got a goal I'm trying to achieve and so I'm gonna do everything to achieve that goal and everything else is just this the side benefits. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, I mean, it, I think it, it's interesting that it draws it draws the line of, of, of heroics not to being the line is not is is like well known. The line is 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 a hero, mm-hmm. right? Like what makes a hero? Yeah, I also love the mile a minute references to anything Greek mythology. Also, literally anything and everything. Literally like, anything and everything, yeah. Not just Greek mythology, but all sorts of other random shit that they decided to reference in this Disney movie yep. about Hercules. It's literally just like, okay, they're literally like making fun of Disney too, the whole time. Especially with yeah. the, all the commercialization. Oh, it's two rodents looking for a theme park. <laughs> Did that happen? Yes. Uh, when Meg was leaving the the River Guardian after meeting Hercules, she runs across a chipmunk and a rabbit, and it's pain and panic. But uh, she's like, All "Oh, right. look, two rodents looking for a theme park." Right. You did watch this movie yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I'm just like, wow, you've got, you're, you're remembering, like, very specific parts of the movie that, like, <laughs> anybody who didn't just watch it would not remember. <laughs> no, literally, okay, you underestimate how much I've watched this movie also. <laughs> That's true, yeah. All right, uh, I think, I think I'm gonna put, for what we just talked about, I think I'm gonna put Irreverent down on the list. But not, oh, yeah. but not, oh, for sure. And not re- irreverent in the way that, like, haha, family guy's irreverent. But, like, they don't care that they're making fun of, like, their parent company or, or New York or, like, it's kind of like everybody. I, I just think that that fits. It's, like, playfully irreverent in a loving way, I feel like. Yeah, like, I guess it's, like, what I was thinking more is that, like, it doesn't care about the myth right yeah i mean it it cares about the myth in that it's telling the story of hercules and it is actually really kind to hercules as a figure but it doesn't Uh like but we're in fantasy new york (laughs) and (laughs) we're in the big olive (laughs) any and every character in greek mythology will be turned to like turned into whatever they need to make the next joke yeah exactly and i love that great so we have a bunch of we have a bunch of words now so now we get to ask the next question, which is, what are images that stand out from your source text? Each collaborator, name one. Images that stand out? Yeah, like, what what sticks in your memory? Like, what are things, like, it doesn't have to be images. In, like, the ending when Hercules is, like, swimming through the, the river and, like, gets his, like, super strength back or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's an image that really stuck with me. Like, that's what I sort of think of when I think about, like, images that stick with me in Hercules, you know? <laughs> I get you, I get you. I always super love the Hydra fight. Hydra fight's a hell of a thing. And the music. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, the music, yes. The music. <laughs> um, I love, like, honest to God, I just love a good training montage. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's good, yeah. That one's coupled with the music, and it's great. Um... Image, images that stand out, right? That's what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I think about a lot with Hercules is is him knocking things over and fucking shit up on accident. Mm-hmm. That's also good, yes. That's honestly the bit of Hercules that I find relatable. Yeah, it's endearing. As, as I'm a very big person, and so, like, having to be gentle and, like, small in, a world, in the world... And, like, being afraid of breaking things or scaring people is, like, a big mood for me. Huh. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Hercules, like, oh, no, I used only, like, I accidentally, I leaned on a thing and knocked over a building. is an, ex- is like an, a, an exaggeration of that, but I still find it relatable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty relatable for me as well. I don't find it relatable in the sense of, like, having to watch my, like, watch my strength or size or whatever because i'm like tiny and very weak but i do find it relatable in the sense of being like exceptionally clumsy Mm -hmm. just because of my disability stuff yeah for me it just uh, like it's again not so much physical but like about being a trans man with a loud voice oh yeah in a in a room and always like the whole respectability politics of being trans masculine i mean being trans can of, relate being trans of any kind is respectability politics but there's a particular kind of the brand of it there's a specific brand of it that means that, like uh, you just can't fuck things up but you do of course you do. you're human <laughs> um so that's that's pretty damn relatable Rude. 
Okay. So the next the next question, and then we're we're gonna be we're gonna be done with the, the setting a baseline section is the last question is what are things at work in the text? What settings setting elements, forces, or groups drive the narrative for Um so there's Hades. Yep. I would also say that there's the force of commercialization. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, we're going to make this anti-capitalist if we. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, There's there... no better way to make. <laughs> Go on. No, I, make is, like, make is the end of the word. <laughs> There's no better way to create than to be, than to, to do so anti-capitalistly. Agreed. Fuck capitalism. Go home. Uh, that's a reference for me and me alone. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> um i think also like the the i don't know how to say like the world of the gods the pantheon yeah the pantheon's business it's i mean it's very like uh it's a very sins of the father kind of thing with the whole hades hades and zeus and and hades is pissed off yeah what i like you know this is not quite on topic but it was it reminded me of it like all of the other gods all glow and are all brightly colored, and Hades doesn't glow the same way that all the others do. Yeah. He does not. He's very, like... I mean, he's like, his head is on fire, but, like, he's... His head's on fire. Whoa, is my hair out? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, played by James Wood, and the only good thing he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's, like, for being made of fire, he is kind of, like down to earth in a way that the other gods aren't yeah uh what's that word uh thonic thonic of the earth thonic. yeah mm-hmm. yeah or i always i always read it as chthonic but that's... the thonic probably is right <laughs> I don't, that's greek for you um <laughs> it's a way that's like you know symbolizing like of the earth but like literally from beneath it mm-hmm. from the depths of it and so on Yes, like a, as a foil to Olympian, mm-hmm. which is like up above. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, mm-hmm. the the truth is that all um, <laughs> all stories about demigods are actually daddy issue stories. It's true. It's true. <laughs> like one of my first points on this list is like, wait, Hera's his mom and she's nice? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Like mm-hmm. Zeus and Hera as a loving couple sounds fake. Yep. Sounds like a nuclear family propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were uh they were afraid to to portray Zeus as as being um Zeus the way that he was. Yeah, so they made instead they just had a very boisterous like jock dad Zeus, which TBH kind of dig it. He's <laughs> a very endearing Zeus in this in this one. The only time Zeus was ever an endearing character and not just like an extremely horny old man. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Listen, you know what? I can't unsee. I think it was a Tumblr post, and it was just like this is what Zeus would look like without his beard, and it was just <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. But like yeah. in context where he goes up to Hercules, he's like, Oh look, you have my strong chin, and then I just thought of that Tumblr post and I'm like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a that, that post is something else. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. I don't like that. 
I don't want to have to think about that. <laughs> um, what, so what else is, is, is necessary for it? Um, things that work in, things at work in the text. I, I think there's, there's something internal, which is like, like, people's drive to do good. Is that work in this text? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even Megara, who is quote-unquote evil, many, as many quotes as I can put into that, like, mm-hmm. every everybody in this text, I think even sort of Hades, kind of wants to do what they see as right, even if what they see as right is, like, taking over the entire <laughs> the of Olympus? Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that's right, but, like, Hades is... Hades feels, like, scur- like scorn. He wants to right a wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if he's really fucking bad at it. <laughs> yeah. He's doing his best. Is he? Is he? <laughs> I mean, his best isn't, like, good, but he's still doing his best. He's doing something. Local man completely misreads every single situation. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> All right. So I think I think that we've got a good place to start, or like, our understanding of the text. So now we move on to the second part of, like, the pre-play, which is calling, called planning your disruption. <laughs> planning your disruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this bit of text, so I'm just going to read it. Totally. Uh, now that you have set your starting place, it's time to begin looking ahead at your adaptation. These questions will serve as a rough roadmap to the game ahead. You may find new paths, new landmarks, discover turns you want to take, but a map is a good place to start. Also take a moment here to note as a group things you would rather not explore. We've already done that. And then discuss the following questions, then write answers somewhere everyone can see them. Cool. So the first question is, what from the original text do you wish to elevate, heighten, or enhance? Um, I there's like there's a few like really good visual moments, uh, like Sam had said, the the river sticks, um, mm-hmm. especially at the end. Uh, there is the the hydra fight, but like a lot of the scenery, like as I was watching it, um, I eventually I went back and I started looking through like Assassin's Creed Odyssey screen caps because I really <laughs> yeah. kind of like that visual like the colorful visual aspect that is like you know greece is an ancient world mm-hmm. um yeah. but i really like the to emphasize like the bigness and just like how densely populated but also how colorful a lot of the city was and i understand that they used thebes as a really like gray and dim place because it's like oh, it's the world of mortals and it's apparently a new york equivalent and i've been to new york like one day and it's a very colorful place but like I want to be able to like emphasize that in the original text because like a lot of the overhead shots and like the nature shots, especially all on like Phil's Island, they're all very bright and colorful, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to like re-emphasize that and just like make it bigger. Yeah, bring that into the city more. Yeah, yeah, I love the like. I really think that this is a very beautiful movie. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. I know we were joking about Toeheads, but like when it gets its visuals right, it really gets it right. Yeah. Um, let me put that down on our list. I feel like Meg maybe gets a raw deal in the original. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because she is not only like she's like a she's a damsel and a seductress in the same movie, mm-hmm. uh, and both of those are are roles that define themselves almost entirely based on their relation to another character. Yeah. She didn't super have, 
like she doesn't have a lot of agency. Yeah, the, I mean, like, and the the film like it plays at like, oh, I'm a modern woman. I'm 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 independent and sassy. It plays at feminism, but it doesn't deliver. Yeah, I'm a big girl. I can tie my own sandals. I'm just gonna really just quote a lot of it because I just watched yeah. it last night. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Totally. you're gonna quote a lot of it because you need to prove to everybody that you watched it when we didn't. <laughs> No, that's what my entire outline is for. <laughs> you are shaming us for not having done our homework, and I approve. <laughs> I'm a damsel, I'm in distress, I can handle it. That kind of thing. That's and an then, iconic line. And then obviously he still saves her, and so it's like, oh. It's like, huh, funny. We've all feminists. <laughs> and like, I'm not, I'm not saying that she should be like, necessarily like a warrior or anything, but I think even her backstory is male-centric because it's like she was she was in love with a guy i would want to know how one sells their soul to hades for saving like did she be like he's gonna die so i'll die in his place like what exactly happened there yeah it's it's some it's weird yeah it's very it's very vague and it's probably vague on purpose because they didn't care about going into it too much beyond like figuring out some way for her to be mm-hmm. indebted to hades mm-hmm I think what I want to put down here is, like, Meg's interiority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I think that, like, all your criticisms are right, but also at the same time, she does get a song that's about her feelings, which a lot of, like, love interests in Disney don't get. Yeah. yeah. Like, I do want to preserve that. Like, I do want to preserve that she, like, is a really cool character, but, like, give her more agency. See, yeah. So, way to I think like the way to phrase that is like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work to give her interiority and like make her decisions and her roles make I don't want to say make sense, but have like emotional weight for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, that means I can put it under the things we want to emphasize. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Um, you know what um confused me about Megara mm-hmm. is that she's named Megara, and there's an actually another figure in Greek mythology named Megira, which she just has an E in her name, and she's one of the Furies. Mm. Why didn't they explore that more? Yeah, what if... What if she was a Fury? What if she was a Fury? What if she turned into a Fury? That'd be so cool. Yeah, well, because my most recent uh, brush with Greek mythology is in the Supergiant's roguelite action game Hades. Where Megara is a is a boss. She's the boss of the first dungeon, the first area, and she is dope. Uh, I put an image of her in the in the thing. Yes. Oh hell yeah! Super giant is so good. I love super giant. Yeah the the art in that game is fantastic, um, and Hades is really interesting. In yeah. But yeah, very different kind of person. I, but I did. I did want to point. I just. I did want to. Want to at least gesture to that character in in the discussion, if not in the execution, as like a potential like route. Because there was a, a Megara who was the princess of Thebes, who was the daughter, uh, the the wife of Hercules in in myth. And there's also Megara the, the Fury. Didn't he kill that wife? I think so. I think so. He went mad and killed her. Uh, as they always do. <laughs> Fun facts about Greek mythology. (laughs) Sometimes you just know shit about Greek mythology and you gotta share. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) That that 
something to put on our hiding list. I think that we should make this mythological. More mythological, did you say? Yeah. Like, we're we're all people who had the big book, the Greek mythology things oh, as a yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, listen. Here's the thing. Um, this movie, as it stands, is Superman. Yeah. Damn, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's a long pause. Yeah. <laughs> it even like sort of lampshades that a little bit too. Like it, it's sort of like Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um um Alectomy and, and our, our Tifirion Tifirion or whatever uh are just Ma and Pa Kent in this one. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. Damn. Um you know, a baby uh spirited away from his home. Drops onto your front yard. Connect connected in some way to a cataclysm. Uh, in 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 Superman's case, it's the destruction of Krypton. In his case, it's the it's the prophesized uh releasement of the Titans. Uh, raised as a normal human being for the beginning of his life until he discovers his his unnatural abilities and is moved to become a hero. Also, just the hero's journey in general. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, the hero's journey. I just mm-hmm. heard Brian David Gilbert in my head the entire time. Yep, same. <laughs> 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 pieces of string outlining things frantically yeah yeah i'm trying to bring that energy more into my teaching i'm excited to see how that turns out um i love brian david gilbert yeah he's a he's a wonderful young man i i um i rewatch dances moving every so often <laughs> good because i find it so emotionally affecting also, just to give some some breadth from the Hades we have in this one, I do want to share the Hades from the uh, Supergiant game. Yeah, go for it. Show us the boy. What a nice motherfucker. Oh, that's a motherfucker. I love their art so much. That's the god of wealth right there. The yeah. god of, of glittering things deep in the earth. That's a thonic god. That's a sexy boy. <laughs> He's a big man. That's a spicy meatball <laughs> right there. And his voice sounds like this. Impudent boy leaving my castle. That kind of shit. It's great. It's a fucking awesome That's game. Uh, this dude sounds real cool. Yeah, he's he's an asshole. Also, nice voice you just did there. Dig it. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's a he's a fucking asshole in this one. Every time you die and come back to to the house of Hades, he just mocks you. Oh, good. As he should. He's con- he's just sitting. He's sitting at a desk surrounded by huge piles of paperwork and he's like so you died again you bitch yeah, he's like <laughs> have you decided to embrace your place as my child yet and he's like no dad i'm <laughs> going to go and find my mother on the surface he's like bah. fuck you dad i'll do what i want <laughs> the dog is sad that you are leaving <laughs> the dog is sad that you are leaving <laughs> i'm so glad that every story about about hades and about gods it's just a story about daddy issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's in, it's incredible. Um, it's good. Anyway, that's so, yeah. If, uh, this is an audio podcast, so none of you listening at home heard that. But go and Google Hades Supergiant to see some really fantastic art. And the soundtrack is just mm, so oh, good. Yeah. Darren Cor- What's wild is that Darren Korb, the composer for all Supergiant games, plays the main character in Hades. Like, he voices him. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Zagreus, the, the son of Hades. I love Supergiant. Anyway, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so, the, so that's that's you know 
Yeah, those, that's those, that's another aesthetic toolbox that we could delve mm-hmm. into. We'll we'll get to aesthetic toolboxes in a hot second. Um, Listen, yeah. I still have a bunch of links to screen caps for Ask Creed Origins. So put us put us back on track. What are we actually supposed to be talking about instead of, <laughs> instead of a very fun video game? All right, so I, I think that we've we've talked about a bunch of stuff that we wanted to hide in, elevate, hide in, or enhance. Next question is: What are things in the original text do you wish to ignore or remove or erase? Um, I think it's a little too nice about capitalism uh-huh. in the original yeah. text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like like it's just like he's getting showered in golden coins, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's like Hercules. He gets merchandise and like becomes like super like lives in a mansion and stuff, and it's like that's not what being a hero is. But it also doesn't ever condemn that behavior. Yeah. Because obviously it was made by the Walt Disney Company. Who are the biggest capitalists. Mm-hmm. Are the biggest capitalists and the biggest proponents of copyright law, which, fuck that. Disney, yeah. don't sue us. Disney, don't sue us, please. Don't sue us, please. Alright, what I'm gonna write down for remove is um, wealth being good. Yeah, also because it doesn't really like play a role at all in anything. No, it really doesn't. It, like hardly comes up outside of like just like set dressing. Yeah. yeah. And it's not set dressing we need. Uh all right, I know I know the thing that I want to rem- oh, at least downplay or erase is mm-hmm. uh let's let's find a better version of Phil. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's not just- I like Phil, but I don't like a lot of parts of Phil. Uh, he he's sort of just an ongoing fat New York Jew joke. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Part of me is like, yeah, but I also like the sort of New York Jew sort of like feeling though, because like as a Jew, it's like, yeah, I, I empathize empathize with this character, but also like I don't want it to be a joke as much. I was yeah. like really glad they uh, did didn't go with the he's craving wealth portion of it, and I'm like, okay, well at least they drew a line somewhere. Yup. That yeah, I mean it's it's yeah yeah. Let's like. I, I still would love him. Like, I mean, I like that, that he's clearly from New York, that he's down to earth. Like, he's very much like people who read for the part of Phil, like, knew immediately that it was being written for Danny DeVito, even if he hadn't signed on yet. <laughs> um, actually, funnily enough, the Danny DeVito originally declined to audition for the film. No, no. Um, <laughs> And so other people like signed on, like auditioned, and everyone was like, "This is a Danny DeVito part. You're writing <laughs> for Danny DeVito. You're not writing for me." Uh, and so they went and they cornered him at a pasta lunch <laughs> during the filming of Matilda to get him to agree to be in the movie. Oh my god! I mean, they also rewrote the entirety of Hades' character um, around uh, James Woods' performance. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, he was originally going to be spooky, which uh, he still kind of is. Apparently. Other stuff that was being pitched around the time were were adaptations of Don Quixote, The Odyssey, and Around the World in Eighty Days. Don Quixote would have been a weird one, yeah. a little bit. Also, yeah. they in this Wikipedia page uh, quotes a, a thing, um, a, a a passage, uh, a quote where the the where Musker says that it was a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, like we we wanted it, we thought it would be our opportunity to do a superhero movie with Hercules. <laughs> the joke is the Avengers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you got your wish, the monkey paw curls in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, cur- it, it curls for us. It doesn't curl for them. They're happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. But yeah, 
Danny DeVito. Danny not DeVito. Quite, not quite so egregious. Yeah, I, I like the fact that he's, like, not who you would think was training a hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't like how much his, like, specifically, like, all the, like, not so much auditorially, but visually, he's an ongoing fat joke. Yeah. So, like, do away with that for sure. Yeah, and, like, just make him a little bit more nuanced and a little bit, just take him just, like, a little bit more seriously, I think would be really interesting, like... Yeah. Yeah, especially, like, after the, you know, the quote-unquote failures of all of his previous... It's like, he he got over it very quickly. Yeah, he's got... He, like, gestures to a bit of pathos in there, but yeah, he's not... (laughs) He's like, okay, cool, I'll do it. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you just lost Achilles, like, how long ago? But also Odysseus, Perseus, uh, all the other yeses. And Jason. I don't know how he lost Odysseus. Odysseus did the uh, thing. Odysseus did it to himself. <laughs> <laughs> he just Poseidon, let's be real. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what you get for messing with uh, Polyphemus? Yeah. I think it's Polyphemus, but yes. <laughs> oh, well. Who knows? The important thing is to say it confidently. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how all academia works. Listen, playing Ascreed Origins was kind of like, oh, so this is how you pronounce things? <laughs> yeah, God. yeah. I'm my, like, Hermes? What? <laughs> speaking of Odysseus, I was rem- I'm reminded of that post about how um, uh, no one would under would believe Cassandra's um, prophecies. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> I thought that recently too. I love it. I thought that was I thought that was really fun. Admittedly, I was like looking through all the movies that I owned uh, the other day to see which one we could do for this, and I was just like, "Oh man, it would have been really fun to do a Brother War Thou and just do another Odyssey retelling." Mm-hmm. I do love Odyssey retellings. I had I one love Odyssey retellings. Me too. One one about a um, a bunch of like teens trying to get find their way to a to a concert. I love Cute. it. Uh, that would have been fun. Uh, but that's not what we're doing here. Listen, you get me started on Greek mythology, and the problem is I won't stop. <laughs> Greek mythology is just so much of everything, though. It's like it all—it all like loops together so much. Yeah, that that it's like you can't talk about Hercules without talking about all of it. All of it. Yep. I mean, especially considering how much of it they include. Exactly. Yes, like yeah. uh, I do make a point of it is the. Um, the, the 12 trials of Hercules, like you see a few of the monsters during the montage, and then they make a reference to needing to get the girdle from it, some Amazons, and uh, where else did I write it? He's wearing the, the skin of a Nemenian the, the, the lion, lion, right? Yeah. No, he's got to get a girl from some Amazons and uh, cleaning out the stables of a king. Mm-hmm. And don't wear your nice sandals. <laughs> And then, like, yeah, again, like, he fought the lion and some of the other, uh, the pig, and so on. But we're talking about things to remove, not things to emphasize, which is back on mythology. Yeah, so what else do we want to sort of deal with differently? I mean, all of the women are just, they're very slim and beautiful, and, you know, the nymphs at the beginning uh, on Phil's Island... And yeah. just all of the fangirls and Meg and then two moms and like that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's really not a lot of. I mean, on one hand, there's not a lot of characters in general, but on right. the other hand, um, there's not there's even less female characters. 
mm-hmm. who are like characters and not set dressing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the there's the fates and there's the muses. The fates are extremely cool female characters, but like, I feel like the fact that they're female is like part of why they're like spooky and kind of villainous. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, they're they're always female care. They're always women. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The fates. Uh, yeah. And there's always three of them. Um, I don't like... Go ahead. Oh, are we talking about the fates or the muses? (laughs) The fates. I Ah. forgot the muses were technically characters. Um, They're the the Greek chorus Mm -hmm. in this this film. Um, But no, I I was like, you know, the the fates, the three three sisters being like... The spooky old ladies. The spooky old ladies. Pass the eye between them. (laughs) Right. Like, I like the passing of the eye between them. That was... That's good, but yeah, I was like, a, "It's a great visual uh, gag." It's also just a good, yeah, it's a good gag. <laughs> yeah, but um, changing their character, the muses are perfect; they can stay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because again, they're just like the chorus, so it's hard mm. to like fit them in. Yeah, they're not really like they're characters, but they're not really like characters. Characters, mm-hmm. you know. They only directly uh, interact with the narrative in Meg's song. Yes. Yeah. And maybe one other time that I'm not remembering? No, that's, like, the time that they're only, like, physically with the character. Because Zero to Hero doesn't really count. No, because they're they're just narrating it, basically. That's a montage, yeah, and they're narrating it. Um, Meg's song is really the only one where they actually are there interacting with... And they're, like, big statues in that one, right? They're big... Yeah, they're interacting within the pieces of the set, um, yeah. so they're, they're on the statues, they're, uh, like, they are the statues, um, nice, uh, Haunted Mansion reference with the heads, uh, the busts, and then the, um, when they're, uh, on the, the marble, like, stone where she's, like, laying against it, and they're like, oh, here, we'll lift up your rose, and, or your flower, yeah. so you can hold on to it, but they're, like, uh, within the stonework itself, like, at yeah. all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not removing things. We're just enhancing everything. <laughs> yeah, there is. I'm sure there's some bad. There's some. There's some stuff that we can survive and do without. <laughs> um, I if I had watched the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now all of us are stuff. like, oh, I wish I'd watched this movie again to like remember. Because like we're all only like remembering the stuff that we liked about the movie. It's harder to remember the stuff that we don't like about a movie that we like watched as kids. Yeah, it's hard to remember the stuff you don't like. Um, let's see. We haven't even gotten to me reading Ann Carson yet. So which we're going to? So I mean, I guess you're just talking about the chorus. So I'm gonna read. I I came prepared with one thing. I didn't watch the movie. I watched it two weeks ago, but I I didn't like watch it again. I, you know, didn't didn't do any homework, but I did pull up my favorite Ann Carson poem. <laughs> Perfect. Read us this Ann Carson poem. How is a Greek chorus like a lawyer? They're both in the business of searching for a precedent, finding an analog- analogy, locating an example, so as to be able to say, this terrible thing we're witnessing now is not unique, you know, it happened before, or something much like it. We're not at a loss of how to think about this. We're not without guidance. There is a pattern. We can always find a historically par- historically parallel case and file it away. Wow. Oh, I like it. Which is I do like. totally shaped how I think about choruses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this has all happened before because of the 
innate failings of man or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, I mean, that's basically it. We're here. <laughs> you got it. We're here to help you through it. It's like, we're, we're here to help you through it, here to give insight. But we're also going to tell you about how you're messing up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's more for the viewer's benefit than it is for the character participants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, nobody in in um, Romeo and Juliet hears in Fair Verona where we lay our scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move it. Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, let's motor. Yeah. We'll we'll come up with things, I'm sure, as we get through it. Um, I think we can do these next two pretty quickly, which is um, and then we're then we can actually get to play. <laughs> <laughs> Have we not been playing yet? No, I mean in the text. This is still before you play, but really, this is the whole game is like this. It's just okay. There's no neat division between what is and isn't. Um, what three things do you wish to incorporate or enfold within the original text? Like new things, yeah, like new elements or elements that are so small in the original, not even really count as heightened. Um, I want more gay people, everybody mm-hmm. should be gay. Hell, hell yeah. Uh, I I think I'd like... I, I know we've talked a couple of times about the the Well of Souls. And mm-hmm. I really loved that. I love how creepy it is. And I'd love to, like, kind of hide in the creepiness. Yeah. yeah. Like, I have, like, this very specific, like, idea of what it would look like. And it just would look so much cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'd love the gods to be a little bit more scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of want to make Zeus a little less of the, like, goofy jock dad and more of, like, a actual Zeus. Yeah. And I'd love to put in some of the stuff with him and Hera. Maybe not to the extent that Myth has, but, you know, right. a little... Yeah. A yeah. little more conflict between the two characters who, like, literally never loved, never liked each other in, in fucking when they were really married in real Greek myth legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I was watching the entire thing, and I was just like, how much would this movie change drastically if we made Hera the antagonist and added Persephone, and it was a vastly different movie? Oh, oh hell yeah. man. I love that. That would be a vastly different movie. I know. It would be a vastly different movie. But also, you can't be willing to do an adaptation if you're not willing to commit betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, we don't have the time for that. <laughs> well, we can... Once we get once we get cracking, we'll we'll see how fast we can. I mean, we shouldn't like rush through it, but like <laughs> we're not very fast podcasters. <laughs> we're not. We're not. <laughs> All right. Then the last question is: What other texts or stories are closely connected to your source text in your mind? Uh, let each collaborator name at least one. Superman. <laughs> yeah. Like. Original Greek mythos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, original Greek mythos, like anything. Yeah. This is just like a way to create a, a body of work that you can pull for, from for imagery or analysis. Um, so I think oh, we, I love it. we've... We've kind of already done that. Yeah, we've just been kind of throwing things out there the entire time. Let's just take a second, though, to like just list them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think definitely like Supergiants, Hades and Assassin's Creed Origins are very good aesthetic touch points. They're vastly different aesthetics, but those colors in both of them are very good. Mm-hmm. And we said uh, Superman. Yeah, Superman. Um, Have we stopped writing things down since Remove Wealth being good? <laughs> we didn't, didn't, didn't. Yes. 
I failed at playing my own game, but it's okay. <laughs> Someone should maybe write down uh, some of this. Zachary's got it. Hey, thanks, Zach. Yeah, I've been calling it Origins. It's Odyssey. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm a fake gamer. <laughs> we were talking about Dragon Age Origins earlier, so it's understandable. As Creed O. Assassin's Creed Origin is the is the is the is of course the the journey of Bayek, yeah, or the first assassin, yeah, or something, right? He he founds it in that, in yes. that game. Bayek look is looks exactly like my stepdad, so much that I had to stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's extremely funny, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Super Giant Hades, original Greek myth, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Superman, and Carson. <laughs> uh. And I think um I think that's it. But we can always add more things later. Yeah, as we as we discover them. This is just building a bank. Yep. But I thought we said wealth was bad. <laughs> Down with institutionalized banking. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean I could make I could just we could just spin off a, a Superman Hercules. They've already made it so many else worlds. So uh it's so those are texts. Mm-hmm. They sure are. <laughs> they sure are. Uh, Alright, now we can play. Oh, hell yeah! Uh, no, hell now yeah. we can play. Uh, not that we haven't been playing, but uh, now we get into like the actual role-playing part. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, I'll just read the how-to-play section, I guess. Uh, the primary method of play is discussion and questioning. Start with the first scene in your plot diagram and ask questions about it. Then jump down to the scene level role playing cha- to the scene level role playing characters and forces to answer those questions. With the adapters becoming the actors and designers of their own ad- adaptation. Whenever you want, you can make a small or big move from the list. These moves represent changes you make made as you adapt the source text and discover what it's going to be. As you discover new plot points and characters and touchstones, add them to the notes. Some notes on play. Move freely from higher meta levels of play, asking questions and discussing, to role-playing and back again. Never feel trapped by your level of meta. If you find the need to jump to another scene to answer a question you have, then do so freely. If you find things that you've established earlier aren't working, change them. Pay attention to point of view. Where is the lens of the scene viewing? From what what character is the, is the framing device for the scene? Describe images, sounds, smell, and feel as much as you describe actions. Um, avoid giving concrete answers about setting or world building. Live in the am- atmosphere of it instead. So this is a good game. <laughs> there's there's a list of small moves and large moves. I won't read through all of them. But the idea is that the small moves are things like reference or reinforce details, and you earn tokens by doing that. And then you can spend tokens to do things like change a pivotal choice or deliberately betray the source text's intent. <laughs> so that's how we're going to play, but we're going to start by creating an opening sequence. Oh, so like how we want our adaptation to start? Yeah, so um, what we're going to do is we're going to describe a series of shots in montage. Which is sort of sets as like is going to help us set a tone for our adaptation and serves as a ritual to bring us into the play space. I love it. Um, so just taking everything that we've talked about in the really freaking massive pre-play section, we're just uh gonna go around the table. I don't know which what the order is since we're not at a table uh, at the top of the dock. So it's you, Sam, Zach, and me. Great. Um. 
and we're just gonna we're gonna descri- each describe a shot in our opening montage and I think we'll go around the table probably twice maybe a little bit more a little bit less it doesn't have to be exact okay but um we're gonna I think we're gonna describe um well I guess that's the question are we doing are we describing gospel truth or are we describing the baby Herc's introduction <laughs> um I guess yeah, it's uh like gospel truth sets up the 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 history, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. It gives like a very, very broad scope idea of what has happened in Greek mythology and to this point. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you want to stick with doing a gospel truth, like how do you want to portray that history? Um being, you know, uh Hey guys. Yes. We haven't decided whether or not our adaptation is going to be including the original sounds, the original music <laughs> from our from the movie. Oh, that's a that's a really fucking good question. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't decided whether or not our adaptation is a musical adaptation of this already musical, a la, you know, Les Mis movie, or if it's um if it's not that. <laughs> I definitely... Uh, I guess the Mulan movie, which nobody's seen. I wouldn't qualify that as a musical at this point. Um, well, it's not musical. That's right. the point. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's no, I mean, not like... non-musical adaptation of an originally a musical setting. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I really enjoy the um, the Go the Distance theme that plays a lot in the background. Mm-hmm. But that is the only yeah. theme that really repeats. Um. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and we, and we can still keep keep it as a as a leitmotif, yeah, right? Yeah, even exactly. If we don't have musical yeah. members. I I actually think like the the back half of Mulan is probably a great touchstone because the back half of Mulan isn't really a musical. No. Yeah, the song's all in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of stops having musical elements to it completely because it it starts to take just a little bit more serious tone. I mean, it's still light, it's still jokey, it's still trans misogynist. Uh, yep. Uh, but like you know, it's still it's still a Disney movie in the second half. But the the sort of sounds move to background music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's the same way in um, Hercules, right? I don't I don't remember later songs. Um, the second half song would just be Meg's half. Like I would say, like the dividing line there would be like Zero to Hero, and then you have Meg's song. But then that's yeah. So maybe the entirety of this thing is like I'd love to keep the Muse's opening song because I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it probably then fades to something that's more light motif than musical. Mm, well, see, like one of my favorite games is Masquerada by uh, Yzbrid Games, and their soundtrack that they have there is like a language that exists within the course of the game as like this ancient language uh, that the gods used to use. And there is constantly like choral work in the background that uses that language. And it's actually like telling events that happen within the course of the story or like that are being referenced to and stuff like that, but in this made up language. And so I kind of like that sort of like vibe to be used like, for the muses throughout to be able to be like high storytelling like in the background high level storytelling in the background Mm -hmm. that is part soundtrack part like explanation Mm -hmm. but not in a way that we can understand it so it doesn't detract from what's happening on stage so to speak 
I got you. Ooh. So like you know like you get like chanting in the background mm-hmm. that refers to the action on the screen, but not in a way that like it's not like a musical number. It's just right. like a, a, a vocal track over on for the background music right for all intents and purposes it's vocalization in the background but Mm -hmm. it is actual there are actual words but you know it's like again it's like this would establish the quote-unquote language of the gods being used to separate this mortal world from the the god world and then like you know being i guess in that case the the understanding of what's happening in those words would shift between if we're in the god realm and if we're in the mortal realm like at the beginning and at the end mm-hmm. like oh. having those two like framing establishes so it could be musical numbers in there i like that sort of yeah pretty cool very cool uh, i didn't know this game existed I fucking love that game so much <laughs> please play masquerada <laughs> Songs and Shadows. It's really good. Matt Mercer's in it. Um, it's beautiful. Mm. It made me cry through like half the game. Saying Matt Mercer is in something doesn't mean anything in- anymore. He's in everything. I know. But sometimes it gets people to want to play it more. Oh. Mm. <laughs> he's also like the male, he's like the main character male voice for uh, one of the races in Guild Wars. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, uh, he's prolific. Actually, all of the all of the Critical Role people are like, very in Guild Wars. Yeah, I think then they wasn't the Guild Wars the one where they have like crit role characters, or is that a different? No, that was a different game they were doing. That was that was uh, Pillars of Eternity too. Yes. Yeah. Um. But also, he's in Promare, and I didn't know. And I was like, you can't. I tell. didn't know that Promare was dubbed. I thought it was a subtitled thing that everybody was seeing. Both. Anyway, um, I'm gonna write down that that music idea. And uh, then since we're about halfway through recording, I could really use a bathroom break before we get yeah, into sure. yeah. the rest. Let's uh, um, take it like a 10 minute bio break. It's Dora, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on iTunes, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about our show using the FTLcast hashtag. No, seriously, we crave the validation and it helps us out. Your support really means a lot. Thanks again!